Thriving with Chronic Illness is brought to you by Life Audio and is a part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Thriving with Chronic Illness podcast, where we honestly talk about our challenges, but even more, the God who carries us through. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery, and I'm an author, a speaker, and a ministry leader who's learning day by day how to live for Christ, no matter the circumstances and regardless of how I feel. Some of you may struggle with multiple sclerosis or lupus, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, maybe something else, or maybe a combination of challenges. You might have good days and then bad days, or you might have bad days and then some days that are just better days. But God stands beside us through it all. Praise Him for that. And often, He brings others to come alongside us as well. And He'll use us, even in our weekend or sick or hurting state to come alongside someone else because that's how he works. He doesn't want us to live isolated, self-focused lives. He created us to need one another, to lean on one another. That's when the beauty and the power of the gospel is most revealed in how we love. Today, we have two guests joining us, Sarah and Jeff Walton, and they have experienced just how powerful, how beautiful that sense of interdependency can be. Together, they wrote, together through the storms, biblical encouragement for your marriage when life hurts, and that released by the Good Book Company. And Sarah is also the co-author of the award-winning book, Hope When It Hurts. She blogs at setapart.net. And then she and her husband, Jeff, they live with their four children in Chicago, Illinois. You can find more of Sarah and Jeff's story in their book trailer at TogetherThroughTheStorms.com. They're joining us to talk about the challenges they faced relationally due to their experiences with chronic illness, but also the blessings God has brought them through. Sarah, you struggle with chronic illness, correct? Yeah, I do. I have for most of my life to some extent, um, but it's definitely been more intensified since we've been married and having children, which is obviously what's put pressure on relationships (laughs) more than when I was just on my own and dealing with it. So what do you struggle with? What your health challenges? Yeah, I've been diagnosed with Lyme disease about five years ago. Uh, For most of my life, I dealt with um, just some random symptoms, like very bad stomach issues that no one could figure out. I went through a period of depression in high school that was um, very unexplained in many ways, and a lot of just illness. I got sick really easily. And then as we've gotten married and stress has built, it started Mm -hmm. to bring out a lot more symptoms. And so I got very sick to the point where I was very fluish all the time, really barely able to function. I felt I had chills, I had headaches, stomach aches, all sorts of things, extreme fatigue. And he actually was on call for nine of those years. So I was on my own a lot with our kids. And anybody who has chronic illness knows that adds a whole nother burden because you really can't get the relief your body needs. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel, Jeff, when watching her struggle and when you weren't able to be there for her, how did that feel? Yeah, I think that was one of the hardest, hardest things because, you know, we had a lot of challenges also going on at home and, and with our, 
all four of our kids actually have Lyme disease as well. And so they wow. suffer at different levels too with, with their health conditions. Uh, our oldest is more neurological and that's also been some of our trials of just trying to, to parent him along. So where that has left Sarah, where she's felt really sick at times, but then I've been in and out of the house because I was on call for, for that work uh, for nine years. And that was, you know, really hard to walk out of the situations where it left her where she could barely function. And, you know, our, our kids at home were putting so much pressure. And if there was an outburst with, you know, just aggression and just anger, and we were trying to calm down uh, the situation, but then I had to go right away um, because of my job, that, that was kind of that tearing, uh, you know, a part of, of internally for me of, I'm trying to be loyal to my job and provide for the family, but then also I wanted to be with her and help mm-hmm. rescue her from what she was going through. So a lot of wrestling back and forth and, and trying to be in two places at once, which I couldn't. And so mm-hmm. that that also caused a lot of breakdown just relationally between us um, because I was not able to be counted on and even mm-hmm. just that trust that was broken down over the years that we didn't see initially. It, it took us a while to to look back and say, boy, this, this is not in, we're not in a good place right now because we were in survival mode for so long, just through those years. Um, and that ended up catching up to us and something that we had to deal with head on, uh, years down the road. Mm-hmm. So really both of you, when I hear your stories and you talk about that, some core things that God created in both of you that I believe were challenged. So men are often, God created men to be protectors and providers. And those Correct. two core parts of your nature yeah. were, were kind of in war with each other in a way. I mean, you're, you're protecting and providing yeah. at work, but then you want to protect and provide at home as well. And then, and then Sarah, for you, you know, God created women largely to be nurturers. And here you probably felt like mm-hmm. you weren't able to do that very thing that was hardwired in you. And Yeah, I can imagine that created a lot of stress. And, you know, I like to think about it, though, when we, because I believe God is always moving us to wholeness and and towards increased dependency on him and increased healing. And and a lot of times when we experience that stress, I'm, I'm reminded of how when builders, when they create structures, whether it's a bridge or a tower or whatever, they go, they put their structure through a stress test. And that stress test, oh, yeah. it reveals the cracks or the, the areas of weakness that are in that structure so that they can be fortified. And I think sometimes... What I hear you saying is we go through that also in our relationship. So how did that prove true to you? How did the stress reveal, not not just create difficulties in your marriage, but did it reveal anything, I guess, deeper that maybe God wanted to deal with in order to strengthen? Yeah, that is... um... Certainly true. We have had so many things that have put pressure that I think you initially look at what's difficult as the problem. But as you go, what happens is, like you said, the stress test starts to reveal the cracks or the squeezing that we experience starts to squeeze what's really in us. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is deep down, we are sinful and we do a really good job of hiding that under comfortable circumstances. 
But when things are difficult and your um, self-dependency, your independence, your sense of self-confidence are all um, challenged, what it does is it starts to reveal the insecurities we face. It starts to reveal our desire to be in control, our desire to want to be self-sufficient. And it starts to see that we really don't want to be dependent on the Lord. We want to be dependent on ourselves. (laughs) I mean, that is the root of human sin is we want our way. And so God does, he graciously reveals these cracks by showing us we weren't meant to be independent from him. And he has given us the gift of relationships. We aren't meant to be independent beings. He has put us in community with others, even though our natural tendency is to want to be independent from others in the sense that we don't need anybody. But it makes me think of uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Um, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. And really, that's the beautiful picture of what God is doing through these stripping away experiences. When to me, it seems like I'd be a better mom if I was able to get up and go play with my kids or do something that they need. I'd be a better wife if I was able to help out more with stuff that's going on in the house. But right now, maybe I can't. Well, that's showing that really my sense of security and identity is in if I were a better mom, if I were a better wife, if I was who I think I should be, then I would be whole. Mm-hmm. But that isn't the case. What it is, is it's having Christ be revealed more in us. And these are the ways he does it. He reveals those cracks in our jars of clay that we are, but mm-hmm. it's so that he can show more of himself. He starts to show that the power he gives us in our weakness ends up not only blessing us and revealing Christ, but it ends up flowing into the lives of those we love, into our kids, into our spouses, our friends. And so that is what I keep coming back to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel perplexed. I'm going to feel crushed at times, or I'm going to feel afflicted, but I won't be crushed and I won't be driven to despair because I have this hope that Christ is at Mm -hmm. work, even in those weaknesses to, to, like you said, to make me more whole Mm -hmm. and to be a blessing to others as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love how you're talking about just God's, how he uses the things we go through. Now, I don't personally believe that God gives us illness or that he, he gives us a lot of these things. I, but I do think he allows it. I mean, we, scripture demonstrates that we live in a world that's not as God intended. It's not God's original design. We're suffering the consequences of, of man's rebellion and just everything that came from that. But like you said, God uses everything, doesn't he, to, for the greater good, for our good, to Mm -hmm. conform us into the likeness of, of his son. And how did, as you were going through that, I I think a lot of times it's kind of this worldview shift. You know, I envision just like God did with the Israelites as he led them. So they were enslaved to Egypt in a, in a pagan environment. Most of them had lived generations of slavery. So their whole worldview was different. And as he brought them through this desert, it was a process of both revealing himself and molding their character and, and revealing who he was to them. And I think he revealed a lot of lies that they probably had absorbed during that time. And I think of 
what you were saying about how God molds us. And I think a lot of that is worldview shifting. So I'm curious to know, as you were going through that, and Jeff, I would especially, I'm especially curious to know, because I think we, we need to hear what our loved ones go through as we know a lot of times what we go through, those of us who are sick, but I think we also need to right. recognize the struggle that our loved one goes through. So did God reveal any lies that you had held on to during that period so that he could replace them with truth? We're still in those days of, of hard difficulty and chronic illness is still present and other challenges in our life are still present. Mm-hmm. And so it continues. We need to continue to come back to the word of God and the character of God to remind us of who he is. Because if we just look at our circumstances, and if we look at kind of what's right in front of us, none of it makes sense um, because it's, it's hard. We don't see sometimes we doubt God's goodness and we struggle to see even his love. Um, but we know that when we can come back to looking at his past faithfulness and what he promises of who he is, that we can trust him. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we need to be grounded in the truth to see that he is trustworthy. He is good. And that helps. Um, kind of break down those lies that we start to believe that, you know, Satan wants to just continue to throw at us like he did with Job, that you're only trusting God because of what he has given you of comfort and ease and blessing and riches on this earth. But when we strip all that away, are we still going to choose to follow Christ? And so I think that's what we need to really be drawn back to of fighting, fighting for our hope in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, I just wanted to say, I I think what's been so important for me is I've been in moments where there's nothing in my sight that I can see that gives me hope or purpose or reason to press on in that moment. Nothing earthly, nothing that's like, oh, that's that gives me hope to press on today because this is coming. And what that does is it starts to strip away all those the, the temporary things we grasp for to try to look for that hope in. And so it's come back to what do I really believe about the gospel? And if I fix my eyes again on the cross and I realize mm-hmm. during that moment, you would have looked at that and seen like, it, there's no way God could be good that he's allowing his son to die. There's no way. I mean, it doesn't make sense to us. Mm-hmm. But as we know the whole story, we know that God was completely sovereign in that. He was allowing that to happen for his purposes, for mm-hmm. the salvation of the world. And so if he went to the cross for me, which didn't seem to make sense in the moment, then I have to trust that mm-hmm. he's going to allow me to walk through this difficulty for some purpose that I may not understand right now. But that same love that was on the cross is also mm-hmm. present in my circumstances right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I like, Jeff, how you talked about wrestling with scripture. And our original interpretation, we read these things and we can, we can have what I would call like a Sunday school faith. Where, you know how in Sunday school, you get the snippets, right? And you get all of judges, maybe in a short period of time. And so we see these victory, 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 victory. But we forget the time that passed between, like with David, the time that he struggled. Or we forget the how much time Joseph actually spent in the dungeon or spent right. enslaved. And, and so we focus on the highlights and the celebrations and the victories. And I think we do it, like Sarah talked about earlier, from a very self-centered focus. We forget 
that all of those stories are pointing to Jesus as being the hero and salvation being the message and the point, or even with miracles that we see in scripture, right? Right. Yes. Yes. God cares about the little details. He cares about our hurt and struggles, but oh my goodness, he cares so much more about eternity, which is what what you're talking about, Sarah, is just the gospel. And, you know, I think if we have, like, if we feel like maybe Jeff speaking about you struggling as provider and protector, that's a God-given role. Absolutely. But ultimately it's not yours, right? Right. That's correct. You know, and there's, that's kind of putting it in that framework and knowing that I can only do so much. And so while I am the provider and, um, you know, I need to see that it's beyond Sarah needs more than just a paycheck and for what I can maybe provide in helping out with the kids and, and stuff around the house. And so am I truly going to be um, that sacrificial servant and just again, um, trying to model Christ in our home? I am not Christ. I am not her savior. And so that needs to be clear. But also, again, in our relationship, God has given me in that role to um, still be her provider and and try to nourish her uh, and cherish her and adore her and those different things of pointing her and my kids to Christ and trying to lead in that way. But then she is my helper. And so how do we together both move forward and continue to keep our eyes fixed on Christ and not continue to look to each other solely as our dependence and kind of our, our savior. So there is that, that fine balance of knowing that God has given Sarah to me as my helper. And there's so much richness in that, but yet we both lack. And so that needs to ultimately be driven by our relationship and our dependence on Christ. Mm-hmm. And how has this experience your experience, Jeff, with Sarah's chronic illness and Sarah, your experience with chronic illness, how has that impacted your relationship with others? Hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it's had different seasons, I think. Um, you know, there's the seasons when you just, it, it's physically separates you from others. And those are uniquely challenging because loneliness is really easy to set in. Um, there's also the danger of comparison of having the tendency to want to look at everyone around me that looks healthy on the outside. It looks like their lives are going fairly well and, uh, to subtly start to grumble inside and say, well, it, there's no point in even reaching out to them because they wouldn't understand they're, mm-hmm. they're feeling great. Their life's not affected. And that's really what the enemy wants to do. He wants to isolate us even more, not just does he afflict us often in trying to drive us away from the Lord? And he often is seeking to send lies with it. He's wanting to convince us that, um, this is that God is the one he's afflicting you. He doesn't care. This is what he's doing. And not only that, but no one else cares. No one else will understand. So isolate from them. But the danger in that is that one, we, we lose sight of the truth, but we also lose sight of that community that God has given us to help us fix our eyes on what's true and to support us through this. Just like we were talking about Moses. He gave Moses Aaron because it was, it was something that he provided for him to give him a help, a, a, the strength to go with him in those battles, in the, the realities that God may have given Moses that job, but he also knew that Moses could use an encourager <laughs> mm-hmm. and someone to walk through that with. and so. It's just important for us to remember 
people are not going to always be able to fully understand. Mm-hmm. People are going to say things sometimes that feel hurtful because out of ignorance, we're just not understanding. But having that grace for one another that we aren't looking to this person to solve our problems or to be everything to us, but we can see the grace that they are in our life that God has given us this person or for us, even our spouse to walk through this with. And how can I help them do that in a way that this is a two-way street? It's not just about serving me and my needs or whatever that may be, but how can God also use me in others' lives, even if that may look different than what I thought it might, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how has this strengthened your relationship with Christ, your experiences? Yeah, I think first and foremost, kind of along those same lines where it has been where I have not been able to be present when Sarah was um, really needing me most. I think from her standpoint, that has allowed her to say that, go directly to God and, and to be able to see that Jeff is, again, not my savior. And God, you are the one that sees my derp, deepest and darkest moments. And so that's the same for me as well, where Sarah can only enter in so far and just God knows really the deepest parts of our hearts. And so when we can open that up and go to him and ask him to help and how we can wrestle with the words of God, how long are you going to let this last? And just why is this happening? But let that, again, that fighting for hope and leading our hearts back to remembering his, his goodness and his kindness and his love and to be able to be drawn back towards where we're clinging to trusting in who he is. And so I think that's what we need to constantly be, uh, I guess, reminded and aware of how that can present itself in our, in our struggles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'd also say, you know, I think about moments when I um, have felt, especially the weightiness of feeling like I'm a disappointment, you know, like I've, I've seen it on my kids' eyes when they had mom's night at Awana and I felt too sick to go. And I just, I see it wash over their face. And naturally what comes up in me is a sense of, I'm such, I, I'm not only hurt, feeling hurt myself, but I'm hurting those I love. I feel like such a disappointment. And so I have to wrestle with that. I have to grieve it. I have to let myself grieve it and say, this stinks. This, this hurts. It, it's not like I need to have a super spiritual outlook constantly where I smile because, well, God's good in this it hurts and I need to let myself grieve those, those struggles and let my kids grieve. I know this is such a disappointment. I hate this for you too. So how can we, how can we turn to the Lord right now and ask him even just to comfort us in our disappointment and to use this somehow to help us to trust him more when we can't understand it right now. And it's been neat to see how much he has just given us more and more of an endurance during these times and more of understanding how we end up seeing his sweetness and his presence and in his nearness, sometimes Mm -hmm. the most in the times where we feel our greatest lack Mm -hmm. and we realize I don't have anything to give apart from him. Everything he has given me is for me to use as he chooses. And sometimes that means it's going to be through the weaknesses he allows or the pain he allows. Mm -hmm. And do I trust him enough that he will only allow that if he has something greater for me in it. And I think he's given me more and more of that trust as he's shown his faithfulness through it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I love your emphasis on those who are watching, whether it's our children, whether it's our friends, whether it's you know our families who don't yet know Jesus. And as we, I think the gospel is most clearly revealed 
in us when we lean hard on it. Like it's not the gospel when we're leaning on ourselves and when life is great, but when we show others what it looks like to say, you know, I can barely get my foot out uh, one foot in front of the other. I may not even be able to get out of bed, but it's okay because I am accepted in his eyes. I am made clean and new in his eyes. And I'm going to heaven one day. And this is what it looks like to live in Christ day to day. And, and I think showing, cause we know, like you said, you're showing your kids, but there's going to come a day when they go through their own struggle, right? Yes. So <laughs> as sure. we lean on Jesus, we're saying, this is how you respond to difficulties. We come together with those we love. Yeah. We lean on one another And we turn to Jesus Christ. So tell me a little bit before we close, just a little bit more about your book and what you're hoping people will walk away with. Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things, you know, um, our book, as I mentioned earlier, has the foundation of walking through the story of Job. And so with all the different layered effects and suffering and trials that Job walked through, we relate to that just because we've had that for the last 13 years since we've had kids. Uh, we've been married for 16 years. And so most of our marriage has just been feeling like one after another coming at us. And so that's kind of what we base our book on. Uh, we have 25 short chapters and we walk through just a lot of different topics that we, while the whole book is connected, each chapter, we, we try and keep it's self-contained so that we can wrap it up in a, in a chapter, but yet truly the, the whole context of just suffering and pointing our, our eyes to fix it on Christ, kind of lifting our eyes above our circumstances and the hope that we have in Christ is what we want readers to walk away with. Um, so we, we have a time of uh, prayer at the end of every chapter and then some reflection questions that hopefully, whether you do it independently or if your spouse is willing to be able to walk through those as well and answer the questions. And then a time of further reflection, um, other scripture throughout that can also relate to that topic. And then some time to journal. Uh, So that's a little bit of the format of the book. And what we hope is really that it would be uh, a great resource for individuals or for small groups to walk through. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I suspect today's episode might have evoked some pretty intense feelings, maybe even some confusion as to how you can implement some of the tools and the steps that we've discussed. And if so, I've got good news. We don't have to have it all figured out immediately. We don't even (laughs) have to have it all figured out. We simply need to keep learning, keep drawing close to Christ through prayer and through Bible reading, and keep following however he leads, because he will teach us how to love others well, and then how others can love us well also. But most importantly, in the meantime, God will fill up all our hurting and broken places with his love. Sarah and Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And, And like we said, God did not cause our illness. He doesn't give us difficulties intentionally, but he does allow us to experience challenges like chronic illness, and he uses it 
to mold us through it. He uses it for his glory and for his good. I hope this episode encouraged you. I hope it inspired you to go deeper with others and deeper with Christ. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast. We have more episodes coming up and I would be really encouraged if you would rate it. That'll help others to find it and share it with your friends, those with chronic illness and those who have chronically ill loved ones. Thank you again so much for joining us. Until next time, go in grace, stay close to Christ, and stand firm in community. Because yes, we need God, but we need one another as well. Thriving with Chronic Illness is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a review in your podcast app? It really does help more people like you find the podcast. To hear more from Jennifer Slattery, be sure to check out her fantastic site, holyloved.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Gibbons, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more podcasts like this, head over to lifeaudio.com. found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose have you ever found yourself on the ledge my name is billy yates i'm a caring father mentor and friend in my new podcast billy and the goat i share the life-changing events that shaped who i am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen god can help you get up and thrive listen now at lifeaudio.com